That's cute. I remember when I had my first beer. <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode number 15 of I Remember My First Podcast. My name is Aidan and I hope this podcast finds you well, or at least more well than me because as you can probably tell I've been hit with a cold this week um, so this intro is going to be pretty brief because I understand no one wants to listen to this um, anyway uh, my guest this week is my younger brother Sean Sean Griffin um, Sean is someone who I've had the pleasure of watching grow up and make his own little way in the world and while he does have his less flattering moments shall we say um he's someone i'm very proud to call my brother um we chatted about work family bit of mental health uh some of the things um and then we finished on uh, blood donation which is something sean is uh, very passionate about and there will be a link to the Give Blood website in, d- in the description of this episode if anyone would like to sign up. Uh, and of course, with part two, we'll talk about films, albums and drinks. And Sean talks a bit about uh, his bucket list following the random question. Uh, as always, I'd like to thank the previous guests for the musical theme. Uh, so thank you to... Brandon for the Red Hot Chili Peppers this week. I need to go make myself a lemp sip, so please enjoy this episode. Thank you once again for listening. Sean, you've got the unique, um, your unique place as, as a guest on this on this thing, as you're the only person I've known from the day they were born. Um, so, that's something you can enjoy, I guess. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Awkward start. Um, how are you? <laughs> oh, good, thanks. Yeah, um, I'm looking forward to having time off because I've got I'm in work Thursday to Sunday, and then I'm off for the rest of the year. And I'm going away to Budapest on the 19th for Christmas with my girlfriend. Uh, we're going out to see her grandparents and then spend some time doing doing the things that she'd want to do, but she can't do because she's with her grandparents. So, 
Okay, so more of a going out. Yeah, a, yeah. I think we want to go out and do, like, for example, ice skating. Uh, her grandparents, her grandparents can't go ice skating. Yeah, fair enough. Um, any places you picked out? Or well, she wants to do the Chesney Baths. So I'm sure I butchered that. It's um, it's like a big, it's like a big. I'm probably gonna make this sound weird, but it's like a big bath, um, and in the evenings and the nights they have these bit this big disco on. And she really wants to do that, but of course, the time that we're going, they're not doing it. So, yeah, I think we're going to do some of the basic touristy stuff for me, like just go and look around the city and stuff like that. Um, she sent me loads of things that she wants to do, so I think we've got to narrow it down. Um, I think there's like a party district that we, we want to go to, but nothing's set in stone yet. We need to figure it out. Sure, we'll have a great time. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we'll be in Christmas stuff, sure, that'll be nice and... Yeah, the Christmas or, markets would be yeah, good. Yeah, of course. Are you excited to do a bit of drinking out there, or is that more? Are you going more sensible, or is it? Well, if I'm going to be with a grandparents, kind of, what kind of what kind of couple are you when you go out? When we go out, yeah. Um, I wouldn't say we go out. With so you. I know, I know. Like me and you have been for a, a few pints, and you, you know, like to you like to have a few. <laughs> right. Well, I've learnt from you, so um, no. I think when we go out. We don't go out with the intention just to get, you know, have as many, just get absolutely battered. But I think cheap, the beers out there are going to be cheap, so I probably will get, end up getting battered. But no, I think we just go out and drink to have fun. Yeah. Yeah. More, you're more. Of, I guess, yeah, I mean, that's, that's probably something I want to ask just, just straight off the bat. I mean, when I was your age, I think I was going out a lot more than you, you do, I think. Well, I think. That's probably partly because you went to university. I, yeah. I haven't. So do you think that changes your? Do you think that changes your approach to to that? Cause I mean, obviously with working. Yeah, I think when you've got when you've got a full time job. Well, I only do four day. I do. I have four days on, four days off. I'm a shift pattern, but it's still it's still a full time job. But uh, often with that, I work weekends, so. I probably don't go out as much as one of my friends who's at university. That's definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's a good thing because I think it's something that you need to get used to for when you go to adult life. Being anyway, a being a normal person, yeah, yeah. not a uni student. Um, I think it's also a good thing for my bank account uh, and my liver as well, probably. But mm. I think I would like to. I think that is probably the one thing I have um, missed out on. Well, the main thing that I'd sort of miss. Or would miss for not doing uni is the is the uh, social life. Yeah, so have you went to you went straight into work pretty much sort of like a college uh, college and work mixed in you. Yeah, so I went from when I finished with GCSE, I went well actually I went to your pub during the uh, World Cup twenty eighteen World yeah, Cup yeah. that was mental, um, but yeah, so I went from that. Then I went, I applied for an apprenticeship at this company, which I don't work for anymore, but, um, and then when I first started that, my the first year was fully at college, so I did loads of theory and a bit of practical based stuff at college, and then second year, I went on placement, I was a, I was on placement at, at my company, and then <coughs> coming in, coming into work. Um, full time and then going to college every couple of weeks or whatever whenever I needed to go in 
but then COVID hit. I was redundant. Then they sacked me after like they made me redundant after like a few months. And then I worked at Iceland for five months. And then I found found where I'm working now, which is a completely different part. Then this is a completely different type of engineering than what I was doing before. Okay, so yeah, that's that's so you work in engineering. Mm-hmm. Um as someone that's known you, as I said, your whole life. Also, I don't know you entirely, I don't know exactly what you do all the time, but how did that come about? It seemed it seemed unusual, an unusual way to go, I think. What, engineering? Yeah. Um. Well, I think, from what I can remember, when mum and dad would speak to me in year nine about what I want to do, going into like year ten and then um, doing, my G- doing GCSEs or uni or anything like that, I wasn't really interested in doing uni. Um, and then mum, obviously, as you know, mum's an apprenticeship manager. So she was, uh, she'd was. she found this school that were, it was called, it's uh, WMG Academy for Young Engineers. So they really push engineering as a subject and as well apprenticeships. So I thought that looks like something more interesting than what was, what was, at Newman because I had no idea what I wanted to do there. Um, so what, what was it that attracted you? Something different, I think. Something different and at that point it was it was new. It was yeah, and I think I'd always I've always wanted to do an apprenticeship because I don't really like doing school. I don't like tests and stuff. So when you were at school was it just I don't this doesn't fit, this doesn't No, if if I'd if I hadn't done an apprenticeship, I've, I'd have no idea what I'd want to do. I'd probably just do uni out of well, delaying adulthood, which is what most of my the reason most of my mates have done it. Yeah, yeah. There's a massive social element to it, which I think. Yeah, so I think if I hadn't gone to WMG, probably would have just. Well, I don't know, I might have looked for it, but yeah. I, the push was mainly from mum telling me about it, and then I was like, yeah, that looks good. I went for the open day, and I thought, yeah, give this a go. So did you look back on. Do you look back on school with fondness, or is it...? Yeah, I think I look back on it with fondness. I think when I was at... So I, I started at Newman from Year 7, and then in Year 9, Mum was telling me about it, so I left at the end of Year 9 um, to go to WMG. Because uh, I think at Newman, I had no idea what I was doing, no idea where I was going. Oh, yeah, you were, yeah, you were, yeah, I remember now. Yeah, you were there for a couple of years. And then I went to WMG, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so from... How old is that? 13? What, when you start school? No, when you left. Oh. Uh, I think it was 13, 14. I think it was 14, 15, something like yeah. that. Um, yeah, I didn't really know what, I want, what I'd want to do. At is, that not a bit, is that not a bit scary at that young age? And kind of leaving like your mates and stuff like that? Because I know there's something I wouldn't do, so I would have been too scared. I didn't, re- no, I didn't really find it scary. I didn't ever, there wasn't really much. Um, I didn't ever really hesitate when when it came to deciding to go there, because I just thought, well, I have no idea what I'm going to do at Newman, and this is somewhere where there's going to be a structure for me going out of school, which I feel like at Newman there wasn't really much. It just it, it excited you more than yeah. what Newman was offering. Yeah, I was I wasn't really scared about. It. I think the only thing I the only downside was it was to me at that point was um, not seeing my friends as much. 
Uh, you made like, again. It's, it's a brave decision. It's obviously not something that we we talk about a lot, but I think it's a really brave decision to make. Thank you. So, what is it that you do now? Because people ask me all the time, and I I can't. Remember. I don't. I don't think you. I don't think you fully know. I honestly don't. So, I, don't I am uh, an engineer, and specifically, I'm a CNC turner, which is um, turning is a it's a field in machining, and machining refers to creating parts out of a solid billet, a solid bit of material, and programming a, mach- a machine to come in and machine, uh, cut, and produce the part. Normally, we, uh, normally you could either manually, or what I do is is I program the machines to produce components and so the company that I work for we do do that so we do machining and we have we do welding and we do fabrication I assume you know what welding is yeah 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 and then fabrication is just putting things together so that's why I am um, yeah I'm a turner okay um, <coughs> <laughs> please keep that in no uh, so essentially you're an engineer and you work with machinery you make make parts of things yeah I mean I was uh, if you were to explain it to an idiot well no that's that's the way I explain it really is because I was talking to there's a one of the blokes on my shift is called is Jim he's like he's 61 and I was saying to him I always struggle to explain to people what I actually do and he just goes right make it simple for me this is what I say just say you make things out of metal and then that which is what it boils down to really like um so a job will come in and this part will perform a certain uh, task. Like if it's, for example, one of the easiest things is um, like a roller. So you see on like production lines, you, ha- you, uh, you see belts or something moving. Mm. Like this, we work for this company called Antica who produce uh, like vinyl flooring. So we make loads of rollers for them. So that's, that's one of the most simple things that we do. Do you enjoy more of that sort of hands-on, you know, getting getting some, you know, start having a having a something to hit and something to make, something to. Well, I I didn't I didn't think I did because I think I remember when I was at college I saw we had milling and turning and I thought I didn't really think it was something that I'd want to do, but I think I was maybe saw myself doing something more design so behind behind a desk and making drawings or something for. For machinists like myself, or I don't know what I looked, what I saw myself doing, but I didn't think I'd do machining. Anyway, but then when I was working at Iceland and I needed another apprenticeship, I found the company where I work now, and I just I didn't have a choice really, so I just thought, yeah, I'll, um, I'll, I'll go there, and then um, yeah, I really enjoy it now. Um, yeah, I like how. The sort of the change and the transformation you can make from a useless billet, useless like big metal, just material, yeah, and then into something that's useful and gets used to. So that's what that's why I enjoy it. Yeah. It's the uh, it's the process of ta- taking something that's not useful at all to something that will be used in a machine that does this yeah. or whatever. Um, obviously, we mentioned you mates at uni and stuff like that. Um, 
I've spoken to one, maybe two other people about this. Um, why not? Why not do that? Because I mean, I've been positive. There's a age difference between us, but um, it felt to me that it was the only choice. Oh yeah, no, that's definitely um, how it feels. I think for everyone, really. Yeah. I mean, especially look when I was at. I feel like at most. Well, I feel like it's just pushed in society anyway as the main thing. But I think nowadays it's getting apprentices are getting more funding and it's being put marketed as a as the alternative, which is what it is. Um, yeah, I just I didn't see. I did. Well, I had no idea what, what I'd want to do at uni. I had no idea what I'd, what subject I'd be so passionate about. I want to study for three years. Um, yeah, and I think as well the idea of the debt and struggling for a few years, which I'm sure you know you probably did struggle for a few years at uni. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know, I just saw it as something different than just another option, really. And then I, I explored that. And did you think, obviously, me going to uni, Ailish, our sister, going into work? Well, no, she did an apprenticeship as well. Yeah, an apprenticeship, going to work. Yeah, you feel like you've got both sides of you've been able to kind of judge it better. Well, not really. Well, I wouldn't say so because I think everyone knows what the constant what, what you're going into with uni anyway before you get to it. Well, you've got two people in front of you who are older than you who have done both both avenues. Do you think that helped you at all, um, or were you just thinking completely independent? No, I, I don't think what you or or Eilish did really affected what I wanted to do because obviously it's just not what I wanted to do um, I just I just knew that I couldn't see myself going to uni because I didn't like when I did my GCSEs I didn't like how it all boiled down to one test or one piece of uh, one piece of work that you've done um, so yeah I just saw an apprenticeship as another option the better option in my in my opinion, yeah, again, yeah, I think it's, um, I think it's commendable. I think um, sort of breaking out on your own and and doing what you think's right is, as I said, I think it's really brave. Um, well, I wouldn't say it's what's right. I think it's what's for you, really. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's what, yeah. what feels right to you and what's, um, and what works. Um, and obviously, you mentioned uh, you mentioned Armon in that decision process. How? How much of a part was she in that? Do you think you would have done it otherwise? Or? Oh, massive part. I don't think I've told her enough, but um, yeah, because she told me about the school. I think if she hadn't said and hadn't told me about it, I don't think I'd ever ever, ever had known. Um, but yeah, obviously because mum has a big push for apprenticeships, she'd found out about it through just a bit just for her being in the in the business. Uh, she'd found out about it and. Um, told me about it we went to an open day and yeah never looked back as they say yeah um I've always <clears throat> I've always said well two people I've never probably not said it to them and probably should say it to them at some point maybe they'll listen to this and they'll um yeah that's my way of saying it but anyway um I've always seen both of them as incredible uh, role models, role models when it comes to work and stuff. Um, I assume you think the same, no? Yeah, no. I think Dad's Dad's definitely a, 
a, a big role model in terms of work, like his work ethic. He was always busy. He's always working. I'm not sure you probably remember more than me, but yeah, yeah, yeah. he was always he's always been. And I, and I think if he if he wasn't um, a bit worse for wear now, he'd still be working. Um, yeah, exactly. Because of forty something years. Yeah, exactly. Years forty of, yeah. of years of working. Um, and it's not just work. Uh, work actual work but his work putting the work that he's put into the house and yeah so I mean our our dad has worked as a plasterer for 40 50 some years yeah and Um, he's probably closer to 50 because he's 60 now but he started working for our granddad when he was like what 13 about that so mixing cement and stuff when he was like 13 yeah and then uh, combine that with Redoing up a house and all that sort of stuff as well, and having three kids and yeah, he's definitely a hard worker. Um, I remember, I'm not, I, I haven't worked with him a lot because he. I remember, <clears throat> I remember saying to him once um, that I wanted to get into the family business because <laughs> I assumed that's just what everyone did. Yeah, um, and he told me no, he didn't want that. Um, so yeah, I, worked, no, I, I, yeah. I think I remember he told me, he said that to me as well. He wants me to do something. Something else. I don't know if that's a word of warning or, but yeah, I think, I think it's probably partly because he wants us to do something of a bit of independence rather than oh, I'll just do what Dad does. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think also I mean the time we're in, there's so much more choice. And I think just going into going into what he does. So yeah. Not, no, it wouldn't be a waste. But I think obviously with. Me going through school for eighteen years, and you having an apprenticeship, it would be a bit of a, you know, there the, there are options out there, and there's things to explore and stuff. So yeah, I, I, think, yeah, I, I think nowadays it's not just oh, I do what Dad does. Yeah. there's plenty of other things. No, I think it's, it's I, I which is what he wanted to prompt for us yeah. to do, isn't it? I think it's, I I just said the same. If I was him. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember one of the few times I worked with him. And this uh, stuck in my head. And I don't always apply this principle, but um, he asked me to mix up some cement or plaster or something. I can't remember. But um, I sat down. I sat down to do it. Any time we just get up, you need to stay on your feet, keep working, keep, you know, it was that thing of, you know, don't, once it's done, you can take a rest. Yeah. But kind of keep, keep yourself going, keep yourself up, keep yourself ready. Again, I don't apply that to my work all the time, but I think I think all of us. I think we've, I've seen it. Obviously, you've seen it with Ailis. We've both seen it with Ailis. She works very hard. I mm. I can put a shift in. Um, and I've got a good work ethic that's got me to where I am in my job at the minute. Um, you've got the same thing, as far as I can tell. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've, I've I, you know, let's not let's not discount mum in this as well. I mean. No, yeah, I mean, yeah, she's. I mean, I mean, Mum went to university and did physics and maths. Yeah, I mean, she's been working pretty solidly for the last thirty, forty years as well. Yeah, still yeah. trickier times recently, but I think that still, still pushing for jobs and still, yeah, working her ass off trying to get something is. is um, yeah, I think we've is, uh, I think pretty amazing. Yeah, I think they're both quite. They've both instilled quite a good work ethic in us, whether consciously yeah. or unconsciously. Yeah, um, I think it's one of those it, it it pushes you to be better. I think. I think one thing that Dad has said to me, 
isn't I mean I don't know why it stuck with me but it's only one little thing but he said it's better to be 15 minutes early and wait around than to be yeah bang on time yeah just, um, yeah uh, which I stick by on, on time is late yeah early. that's yeah that's what he said yeah I mean that's one thing I've uh, yeah it's definitely it's definitely one thing I've done um pretty much never late for things yeah I know yeah like whenever someone and says to me oh let's meet at you know, 10 o'clock or work starts at 8 o'clock oh, I always think okay so we're gonna, I've got to get there between quarter to and 8 yeah. it's not you know which is a good like, yeah I think I always think that, that reliability is sort of ingrained as well I think that all of us are pretty dependent on our jobs mm, yeah I, I think I've been in I've been in my job six, almost seven years now, and I think I've called in sick twice, <laughs> or missed, you know, or missed something or whatever. Um, yeah, I think there's so. that as well. I think dads, I don't know consciously or not, but sick people who just have days off sick or just pull a sickie. I've never pulled a sickie. No, I mean I'm well, I've, somewhere in this house there are many hundred percent attendance certificates for yeah. me. So. And me, yeah. So yeah. Um yeah, if if they are listening to this, this is our way of thanking them for they that. Probably won't. <laughs> well they'll try and probably fail. But, yeah. Um, well I know Dad said he's listened to a couple. Anyway, if, if they do. So yeah. Thank you for that. Um Yeah, thank you, Mum and Dad. Let's move on to me, I suppose. Um be selfish, okay. Um, again, it's something mom, mom has credited me with influencing you a little bit in how you've been. You've just pulled a face. Well, yeah, yeah, no, um, no. Because remember, you said that she said that, but I mean, I'm not saying you haven't, but I've not actively thought, oh, I'll do this because Aiden has. I don't know. I think, but probably because subconsciously, yeah. But I think no, I think you've been um, a very good brother to me. You've always. Um, I think you quite could have easily just left me in my room and you do your own thing because there's a quite there's a big age gap between us. If yeah, if exactly. if your audience doesn't know, um, I'm 21 and you're 20. 29. Oh yeah. Um, right. Yeah, 28. Yeah. So yeah, I mean it's it's very easy to to sort of leave me to my own thing and you know not bother dealing with your your little shit brother, but you have put that effort in. I think. Yeah, well, I, mean, I, know, I know. Obviously, when we were. Younger, I think we're a bit closer. Or we kind of did more stuff, but I was kind of, I was kind of conscious. Obviously, just kind of came into like your later teens and stuff. You know, I was kind of conscious he needs to have his own life. Mm. Um, obviously, uh, we're you know, obviously we're, we're brothers, but I think we're friends and we get on. Yeah, and I think, um, but I, I kind of didn't want to have it too much. What be too? too heavy? Like, uh, yeah, because I want you to just have your own. Life of friends. Yeah, I think there was a point maybe you were like sixteen, seventeen, where it was kind of getting a bit, you know, blurred. Mm. Maybe I don't. Know. No, I don't think so. No. <clears throat> um, yeah, uh, I think you have always been. I think you've always been there to me. For me, if I ever need any uh, any wisdom or help with anything, whether it be in my life or at school, or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah. You've always been there. No, I've never. Mean, I think. I, I, kind of vaguely remember saying this to you when you were younger like you've got someone that's ahead of you yeah I think but not, not too far so it doesn't sound like your dad talking to you mm. so I think that's a bit of a so if I give you advice there's been some, some it I've done relatively recently or something or there's a, 
relatability to it. It's not a 25-year age gap or something like that. Yeah, so, yeah, that's true. Um, I think, I think your, your advice is probably more uh, up-to-date than Dad's. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or more relevant. Yeah, more guess, relevant, yeah. definitely, yeah. Yeah. Um, on that note, um, I don't mention it on every single podcast, but it's something I always want to talk about quite a lot because I want to push it, and it's been... Um, it's been a massive thing for me over the last year and my help and the help I've sought with it has, has led me to doing this and being a shitload happier. But I do want to do a little bit of a mental health chat. Yeah. Um, obviously, we were talking about our relationship as brothers. Um, it's probably about a year ago. Um, I don't think many people know about this. I don't know. Well, I don't know. Um, told. Basically... My birthday about a year ago, as most people do on their birthdays, they have quite a lot to drink. I may have taken you that had, may, may have taken that a bit too far. You had had a lot. I think you had two Woods Rum shot, didn't you? Yeah, two of them yeah. I've yeah. been drinking all day as well. But anyway, um, so basically, I was, it was late December. My plan was to start doing therapy in the new year. Oh, so you um, thought of it beforehand? Yeah, so yeah, yeah, the, plan, the plan was there. Um, this is the middle of December. And um, we were out. We were out in town. We'd just been somewhere where I didn't get served because I was a mess. Um, and then in the middle of town, for some reason, and I'm not. You could probably vouch me here. I'm not. I'm not a person that cries. Oh I'm no! Not I, someone that gets I upset. I don't think I've ever really seen you cry that much. No. no um, but for some reason, I just had a complete. Oh, complete, it, oh, it, complete caught, it, it caught me completely off guard. Like you, you were in. I remember we were in the. Um, we were in the, we were in Mother Spoons before, and for, for like the whole time you, we were there, you just had your head in your arms on the on the table. I think I'd leave you to it. I didn't know if we, but anyway, we we left and um, I remember where it was it was outside the council house. You sat sat you sat down, and I think everyone else was going ahead, and I sat down with you. I figured you were just going to be sick or something, mm. and then. Well, I don't know if you want to carry on. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't remember being in the Weatherspoons. Well, you definitely, definitely were. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know I was there. Yeah, and I remember coming out and I was breaking down. Mm. And obviously everyone naturally crowds around and tries to figure out what's going on. Obviously, I don't I don't have a fucking clue what's going on. Yeah, and then and then I thought, well, I, <clears> I should be with you. In the, yeah, the I think I, I kind of remember just telling everyone to basically fuck off and... Just sit with you, I think. Yeah, I feel like you didn't really. Sure yeah, I feel like probably you, did. You feel most comfortable with me. Must have. Must yeah, have, yeah, but yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember. We are. Oh, I, I, I honestly, it caught me so off guard, and I was like, "What? What do I do? What do I do?" So, but I think the best thing to do if anyone's ever having a breakdown is to just talk, which is what we did. Yeah, um, we just we just spoke about what was wrong. Yeah, I can't remember exactly what, what it was, but I think it was something about not being happy and stuff like that. I mean, again, I'm not I'm not an emotional person, really. I feel like it probably was a lot of things that you bottled up. And yeah, I mean, obviously, we were talking we're talking a lot of alcohol, like way too much. Yeah. So it hacked through some layers. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, I just wanted to ask about ask about that, and obviously. Younger brother, older brother thing. What was kind of your thoughts about that? And obviously now, seeing that moment and 
I assume I'm different now. Oh no, <laughs> I yeah, different. I, I definitely I think I think you're different now. I think you're more a lot more open now. I feel like before there was almost like it felt like you were kind of holding something back mm. before. I, I don't know if you agree with that. Do you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I feel like I don't know if you weren't. I, f- I felt like you weren't really completely happy before. But no. um, obviously, I'm not going to say anything because I don't know what's going on. Um, and I think at that point, we didn't really speak about it much. We didn't speak about. No, I think no, I think it's, it's it's something that we should have done. Something that I would only talk about with a select few. I can realise now. Maybe I'm not going to spout my problems to everyone. I'm just not that kind of person. But maybe be a bit more open with a bit more, few more people, especially people like yourself, family and stuff, would be better. Um, I mean, as, as we've just said, I think I remember asking just to sit with you when all that stuff happened. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Obviously, must have been a reason for that, so I remember telling people to go away. <laughs> probably, probably because you didn't feel comfortable having, know, having a breakdown with about no, 20 people around know. you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, and now I remember, I remember when it happened, I was just caught me completely off guard. I wasn't expecting it at all. Um, but I think we were just sat at, I mean, I think we must have been sat out there for at least half an hour, if not longer. Half yeah. an hour, hour. You were just, just, just talking, um, and yeah, it was definitely a shock to me. But and you said you said you were going to go to therapy, and I think we've both said it before. But if you just said to either of us that you'd be where you are now, moving to London, <laughs> having a podcast, and going to therapy regularly, I wouldn't have believed you. Yeah, yeah. It's um, yeah. It's been. We still have obviously have off points and like we are talking about rewiring 28 years of thinking and you know there's mm, stuff yeah, yeah. there and it's, it's not it's not perfect by any means but, but I think um, plus when my birthday this year I don't think I'll be breaking down crying <laughs> no. at any point or drinking that much but, um, I kind of wanted wanted to ask as well just as a younger person obviously I'm, I'm not old but I'm with this stuff, I think as it's kind of starting to creep into more normal conversation, and there's like I have more conversation with my friends about it, and it's something that's taken into consideration a lot more socially in work situations as well. Um, what's your kind of view on it? Well, I know it's it's being pushed a lot more. In is it something you think? Is it something you think about for yourself? Is basically what I know. What do I think about my mental health a lot? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Not actively. Um, I mean, I think there's certain things that I do in order to keep my mental health in check. And the main way I do that is just by is by going to the gym, which yeah. I feel like is a good for any for I think the body and the mind. I think the main thing it needs is it needs is routine. Like that's what that's what's good for you for yourself is a is a good routine. And I feel like going to the gym is is a good way of having that routine. But as well. For me and a lot of other people, it's a good way to relieve stress. Um, and yeah, that's what that's that's. I mean, that's, I I don't speak about it a lot with my friends, but I think that's mainly because I don't have much to say. Like I don't have many. Yeah, I mean, I mean, so the person that got me talking more was Sean Finn, mm-hmm. who I feel like I mention every single fucking podcast about. Um, yeah, basically, I mean, we mentioned it on ours. Um, we went through 
respective traumas and it kind of happened at similar times and that got us both talking um so obviously i don't hope i hope that doesn't happen to you <laughs> but um i, I said this to you before i just hope the uh, there is a way of finding that same person because i think as you saw with me holding stuff up and holding stuff in no it's not good no I mean, I, I won't go into what happened, but there was a moment where you came to me with something, um, which I was quite... I think I said to your time, I was, I was, I was happy that you did it. Mm. Um, and you kind of checked, checked on the situation with me, ran it by me, yeah. told me how you feel about it and, and all that kind of stuff. And it was a good um, it was a good thing to have. I said to other people, and I was quite happy that you did it. I think, um, yeah, I just hope it's something you think about, because I think it's... It is important. I think it's. Um... I feel like at the moment there's obviously that lot that there's it's pushed a lot that it's okay to talk, but I find like for me and probably not other people, it's easier said than done. It's easier to talk oh, yeah, about yeah, yeah, yeah. about yeah. you know being open with your friends, but yeah, yeah. I mean, again, I especially it's hard. It's, it's hard yeah. to do it with people with your friends when you've not when you've not not done it before. Do you know what I mean? I feel like the toughest conversation is the first few, where it's uncomfortable. Yeah, and again, I've, 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 you know, unfortunately, or fortunately, me and Sean were able to because of what happened, and again, I don't wish those scenarios on anyone, but once that happened, and then you realise, you realise how much of a, of a relief it can be, I think, I've had it with a few friends, especially over the last year, and I've opened up about what I'm doing, therapy and stuff like that, and the way people respond to it, and then the conversation you can have after that, I think... Yeah, the first few conversations are tough. But if you are able to unlock it, essentially, I think it can be a massive help. Um, I mean, as I remember saying to you a while ago, look, find, try and find that person, whether it's one of your friends, whether it's me, whether it's um, obviously your girlfriend as well. I think having that... No, obviously, no pressure with it, but I think having that person is is really important, I think, just to keep that kind of dialogue open. Yeah, yeah, I think, and I hope, yeah, I hope that you know, me breaking down the middle of town has, has uh, <laughs> taught you something. Yeah. Um. When you mentioned the gym, there, that was something I wanted to touch on. I know I didn't put it in the plan, sent you. Yeah. Um. When you're combining that with the routine you have with work, and you combine that, is that just something that just helps? The more the more you're talking about now, I kind of realise you're actually kind of halfway to being a real person <laughs> at your age. What? What do you mean? Obviously, you've got that organisation, you've got that kind of structure in your life. Yeah. When obviously your mates were at uni. Oh right, because yeah. oh you what? I've so, mentioned it before. Having that, you're able to work four days. So as in as in what what I mean is you didn't have this sort of structure when you're my age. Is that what you mean? Yeah, but I think it's harder to it's harder to kind of make happen. Yeah, well, I think it helps that I've been working for, for the past few years. Um, but, yeah, I find it difficult to balance the gym and work because I work 10-hour shifts, so I have 7 till 6. So when I do manage to go to the gym, it's after work. I've considered going before work, but then I realise I have to wake up a lot at 4 o'clock in the morning, which, no, I'd rather go after. So, yeah, it's hard to balance that because... Well, I don't work in ten hours a day, but uh, in my four in my four day shift, I try and go once or twice 
in those four days. And if I've done that, then I'll feel happy. I feel glad that I've, that I've done that. It's um yeah, it's a, it's a difficult balance. But what was it about the? What was it that made you start the gym? Because again, if we're talking about families and stuff, we're not exactly the uh, fitness role models. I know that. <laughs> no, well, particularly, but well, I remember it was it was New Year's Eve and. I had all my mates around here, so it must have been before we were all eighteen. And um, anyway, we were having we were in the front room, having drinks or whatever. And then it was, and then I was sat on the sofa. My mates took this photo, and I can never get it out of my head. But it was a photo of me sat on the sofa with a can of Stella, sat on on like a bit on my beer belly, and I saw that and I was like, shit, I need to go to, I need to sort it out. If you're under eighteen, you should not have a beer belly. No, well, well just, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's my posture or something. But that it's image, just, it's just a belly. No, it it looked substantial. Anyway, but that that image, sort of, I was like, I saw it out. And at that point, my mate Connor had already started going. I think he'd probably been there about a year or so because he went with his dad, so he'd been a bit. So I started going with him, and um, yeah, kept kept with it since. So three years now. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's something that I would like to do is get more fit because I mean I find it hard to stay fit myself because I've got asthma, but it's something that I need to do because it's all good looking looking fit and then actually being fit. Yeah, you need to and I think it's better. Be back it up. Yeah, I think it's better to be fit for for yourself in terms of your heart and stuff to, to yeah, be physically sure, yeah. fit rather than. Do you um, enjoy the actual physical side of it? Yeah, yeah. Hold something like you aren't forcing yourself to go. You do enjoy. No, no. Yeah, I love going to the gym. Like I said, it's a it's a stress relief. Um, you know, it makes you feel good about yourself. You know, seeing the progress that you've made, um, and yeah, just having that consistency, that routine. That I feel like as well, it's a you get a feeling of accomplishment. Like even if you've not done much that day, you can say, "Well, I've been to the gym today." That's what you know. Mm-hmm. It's something that. It's a good routine that uh, keeps you motivated. Good. But it's also um, a difficult balance with life. After we're talking about health, um, just to end part one, um, there's something you asked, you asked me to put in. Um, yeah. Something you really care about. Yeah, definitely. Um, which is donating blood. Yeah. Um, so why, why do that? Why? Well, um, I think... What brought it on initially was Dad used to donate blood um, for... I remember he used to do it... He must have done it for years and years. Yeah. I remember he'd always say, I'm off to donate blood. And I remember when I was 17, I thought, oh, yeah, I signed up for it. So I signed up for it purely because I knew it was a good thing to do. Um, and it was only every, every three months for whole blood. So I thought, what's, what's that? What's every three months? Yeah, I'll do that. So I did... I did my first donation. Um, that went that went fine. Then did um, then when it got to my third donation, um, they said to me that they're looking for uh, platelet donators, but yeah. platelet donors. Sorry. So um, platelets, if you don't know, just to explain, platelets are used in cancer treatment. So. So one platelet donation can save the lives of up to three adults or 12 children. 
which I saw that and I thought, wow, okay. And and I think as well, what what was a driving factor of it was, a th- yeah, it would have been around then we'd lost our granddad. Yeah. And yeah. I know that he was in hospital for a long time. And so, I mean, I assume, I, haven't, I didn't see it, but I assume he had, you know, infusions of blood, transfusions and stuff. And yeah. I, know he went for, I know he went in a lot for regular bone marrow transfusions. Um, but yeah, I just thought, if I can, if I do this, this will help people, help people's lives, really. not just them themselves, but their family as well. So I thought doing this little thing, doing donating blood is, to be a small aspect of my life, will be a huge part of other people's yeah. lives. Yeah. So that's how I saw it. But um, yeah, so tell me about platelet donation. But platelets, I to do, to do platelets, I have to go to Birmingham because they have specialist machines yeah. that... Um, take your blood, then they filter it out, get the platelets, and send your blood back to you. Yeah. Um, and so they have a special machine to do that, obviously. And I think it, uh, they take six pints of blood, and so they they need to keep feeding you because they were telling me that you burn six hundred calories just in that process. So you were just going for the free food. Yeah, I'm going for free food. Yeah. Yeah. That, makes, that makes more sense than all the stuff before. Yeah, yeah. I, I I go for you the. Don't, you don't care about the family. You just want the food. I go for the small packets of crisps yeah. and yeah. two packs of biscuits. Uh, yeah, so no one surprised me. Yeah. Um, no, um, yeah, yeah, I think it's. I feel like as well, it's something that keeps me going if I'm feeling a bit shit about myself. You know, I can go well, I donate blood because I go every month. I go and donate blood every month, and I do, I do a double donation. So that's six adults or or twenty four children. I used to do a triple, but then it took me off that because. No, she told me why. <laughs> you kept fainting. <laughs> no, because I was taking all the biscuits. No, uh, they took me off it, and they explained why. They said that. Um, I think they said initially as part of the reason was the blood was too sticky, so trouble transfusing. Or, um, but as well, when they were taking, because they were taking so much, some of my white blood cells got got in got in the in the. In the donations, and so the white blood cells would start attacking the platelets. So it just be down to two, oh. to double. Um, but yeah, I think I urge anyone, everyone, to donate blood. Um, okay, don't so have to do platelets because that's difficult. But I think it's very important to do, especially now, since I don't know if everyone knows, but they've put out an amber alert a couple months ago now. So they they re- they really need people to sign up and donate it's only for men it's every three months for women i think it's four months but yeah it's it's not it's not much time out of your life it takes 10 minutes to do max okay so to make people understand it more what's the process when you walk in what happens so well you got a sign you got to register for it sign up and assuming that you're successful which you probably will be unless you've got any blood unless you've got anything uh, that will stop you from donating blood um, so you sign up and then your first donation they're very they like they make sure that they they know who the first time donators are and they keep a very good eye on you um, and you take they take a pint of your blood and then one, when they once when they do that as well they take three samples which then get sent off to the lab to make sure that your blood is okay to take and that there's nothing wrong with you as well. So if we check your blood for anything wrong with you. 
Um, and yeah, and then if you don't hear anything back, it means that you're all good to go again for the next nation. So yeah, I feel like for what it is and for how much time it takes up, ten minutes every three months. I think it's. I, I urge everyone. Where do you want to start? Well, I was just on the. Well, I was just thinking about it, so um, we'll start with drinks. We're doing drinks yeah. now, aren't we? Yeah. So go, we go one alcoholic, one non. Okay, so for my non-alcoholic, I didn't realize I was doing non-alcoholic one, so I've just had a quick thought about it. But I think, um, I think for me, it'd probably be just a latte. Can't go wrong with a nice latte from a coffee house. Nice, fresh. Any particular yeah. coffee house? I can't. I couldn't pin down a particular <clears throat> one, but a good one. A good latte from a good. A good latte, strong from a good latte. Place. Right. A shot. Uh, a latte with an extra shot in it. Then. All right. Um, alcoholic. Alcoholic. I've been. This has been a toss up between what you're drinking now, Camden House, or a neck oil. But if we're going just for one, I'll probably go neck. Beaver Town neck oil. Um. Yeah, I'm some nice. I've had it, <coughs> been having it a few times, and yeah, I like it. So, do you want me first beer? Well, first beer probably when I was like 14, probably one of yours that you gave me a sip of. Um, no, I can't, I can't, can't say remember it. Do you remember yours? Uh, yeah, I've, I've vaguely remember being on a holiday, um, and Dad gave me halves. I had half in a restaurant, she allowed half with food. Oh yeah, yeah when you're fourteen yeah. or some something weird like that. Um, so yeah, I think the first beer out was on in Wales or something. No, I can't remember the first one. I think. Right, so next uh, I'll go with film. Uh, it's a film I've watched recently. It's new. It's out now. Listeners, it's called Listeners. Because I said, <laughs> what did I say? You just said it's out now. Listeners. <laughs> in the cinema, it's out now in no, the cinemas. It's same thing, cinemas, cinemas, same thing. Yeah, it's called The Menu. It's the best way I could describe it is it's like a feature length episode of Black Mirror. If you ever watched Black Mirror. Um the concept is that a group of people all all strangers, they don't um they're all going out to this island where there's this really there's a renowned chef and he makes them this this uh, meal, this set of it's like a five course meal, but it's obviously like normal sort of meal and twists happen and stuff. Uh, yeah, it's really good. I feel like it's a really well shot film. Um, it made me really hungry for a, a cheeseburger at the end, and when you watch it, you understand. Not fan, not for you, not fan, for you, not all for that you. fancy food. All that. 
Oh elite, no, elite cooking. You want a cheeseburger? Well, I mean, the food itself isn't. It's it's weird. You'll see it if you when you watch it. But yeah, I recommend it. It's a really good, really especially if you like Black Mirror and sort of dark films yeah. and thriller sort of films. Um, yeah, it's it's really good. I recommend it. And lastly, your album. My album is an artist that I'm I myself and you've seen recently at the there were um support for the Fontaines. It's uh, Wonder Horse there and his album Cub, I think it's called. Yeah. Um I feel like there's if you're into any sort of indie music, there's a song in there for you. Which is what I found. Yeah, yeah. Listening to it. I don't know if you've listened to it. Yeah yeah no I've heard, I've heard it a few times. Yeah. Um, it's good isn't it? yeah. Yeah. I mean I think seeing people live first thing you get more of a I mean, I've never heard of them. Um, no, or him, or whatever it is. Um, so him, it's him and he's got a band, like Sam Fender. Yeah, I think you get, getting that sense of the energy first, mm. seeing them live, I think is, is different to what you'd normally do. It's a different kind of like discovering them, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. Um, no, I've really enjoyed it. Um, interesting, you've got my very current things, you've not gone for an all-time, all-time favourites. I think it's my current favourite, so I sort of go. That is one that's been no, no, no. my mind recently. No, that's, but that's why I ask. I don't. I don't make people choose their favourite. No. So the thing I've tried a few times now is I've asked the former guest to ask a question. Um, you don't know who it is. They don't know you're here now. Obviously, they will. But um, so the question they went with. Uh, the question they went with was, "What's the most important item on your bucket list?" Um. Well, as of I don't think I haven't really developed a bucket list yet. I mean, being twenty-one, I wouldn't think you would. No, yet. I'm not really thinking. What should I do before I die? No. Um, but think, thinking about it, going away and thinking about it, um, as someone with asthma, I've always struggled with any sort of uh, exercise, um, especially like running, swimming, and stuff like that. And so I think if I think one thing I'd like, I'd like to tick off the bucket list and say that I've done and be proud of is to run a marathon. Now saying that, I, yeah, I think it was something that very difficult just in general, but especially someone like myself who's got asthma. So I think that would be a very, a very be, be very proud of that accomplishment for me. I, I probably wouldn't run all of it though. <laughs> most of it you just want to be there for a marathon <laughs> yeah just say I've done it be there I'd, I mean not necessarily <clears> run <throat> a marathon just didn't one completed one yeah oh, fair enough um, so to play out um, it's the song from the from the week that you were born um, the song that was number one the week you were born and for you it's Can't Get You Out Of My Head by Kylie Minogue okay nice Happy, yeah yeah, well, yeah that's, a, that's a good song. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was just saying I didn't know that song, but now now I think about it, I do know it. Yeah, yeah, yeah good song. Yeah, um, Sean, thanks for thanks for doing this. Thanks for having me. Thanks for bearing with me through the technical problems. Yeah, it's been a long day. Yeah, thank you for joining me. Thank you for your thoughts and everything. Um, and enjoy Kylie Minogue, and we'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you.